Let's talk about the vitamin D trials. Let's also discuss why one black comedian gets a primetime TV show every 20 years. What about the 1,000 slave ships full of captured Africans that sank during the transatlantic slavery? And a whole lot more. This is Pablo from Hackney, and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. We seek happiness in external things without realizing that they don't help when we have problems within. We need to focus instead on the joy that comes with peace of mind that allows us to remain happy, whatever happens. The Dalai Lama. So this week, I watched a bit of TV, as usual, as we all do in these interesting times. I watched a documentary, a two-part documentary called Enslaved with Samuel Jackson. Excellent. Absolutely excellent. A a whole new perspective on transatlantic slavery. Um, So he basically, he had um, a group of divers, um, explorers who were going down deep into the sea, looking at um, the old wreckages um, or ships that had capsized throughout slavery times, which was basically 400 years ago. Um, And he spoke about, you know, what happened to the 12 million enslaved Africans who were stolen from their homes and shipped across the Atlantic. Um, And spoke about their journey from Africa to places like Brazil, the US, the Caribbean, or, which he was highlighting, the bottom of the ocean. Because little, little did I know, uh, up to a thousand slave ships were thought to end up as, as wrecks under, the, you know, they, they capsized. So all of those human beings that they had as cargo, all of those people would have died, you know, t- and times that by a thousand. And obviously we know how they were packing black people up, you know, like sardines, you know, with that repugnant trade. So, yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, it's a whole new perspective. I, I, I hadn't even thought about that stuff or even heard anybody speak about that. So it's not just the people that ended up um, uh, being slaves, um, etc. I mean, these, these people didn't even get to become slaves, but they died because of the slave trade, i.e. those thousands of ships with them thousands and thousands of cargoes of people that went to the bottom of the sea. Um, they, they, one of the ports in Africa where they were shipping Africans from was um, it's the Aquila Lagoon in Gabon. Um, and they, they showed a, a place where they used to keep the, the, the captive people that, we were, that, that they were about to ship off and they used to just feed them oysters. So now to this day, they, they have like up to four, four metres high um, and four metre high, two and a half thousand acres of used oyster shells from, from the slaves and from the captives that were there. So... You know, just even seeing seeing that amount of oyster shells and understanding how they got there, you know, this is what the slaves were eating. It gives you a real sense um, of how many people that was, how many human beings you're talking about that were just fed oysters for that period of time before they were shipped off. Really sad, but really insightful um, as to another layer of, of, of that Holocaust, you know, what they call transatlantic slavery. So I'd definitely say check that out. BBC Two, I'm sure you can catch it on repeat. Also... Somebody that I, I remember, you know, hearing in the background um, in my, my life growing up, um, a singer called um, Teddy Pendergrass. Um, I'm sure most of you have heard of him. Um, but I never knew his story. I knew little bits and pieces of it, but, I, you know, I, I didn't know his full story. So this documentary, um, it was called Teddy Pendergrass, If You Don't Know Me. 
So it spoke, spoke about his, um, his achievements, um, him overcoming a, a tragic car crash, um, and the fact that he was, um, a, a, he was the first black singer to record five consecutive multi-platinum albums, which is amazing, amazing feat. But he's, I mean, the type of music he, he sung, you know, it was very, um, you know, romantic, you know, ladylike music, you know, for the ladies, you know, for love and all of that stuff. Um, so when you see what happened to him and how he, the trajectory his life took, um, it's it's really heartfelt, really heartfelt. I don't want to say too much about it. It's definitely worth um, looking looking up. Um, yeah, but yeah, amazing amazing story. But on a lighter note, um, watching Craig and Danny, Funny Black and on TV it was a documentary um, with Craig Charles and Danny Jules from um, were they from the they did that sci-fi comedy show together, Red Dwarf. That's it. They both did Red Dwarf. So. This was basically talking about the old, um, iconic black shows. Some of them are kind of, you don't forget about them, but you forget how influential they were. Shows like No Problem, Desmond's, The Fosters with Lady Henry, uh, The Real McCoy, obviously, and, and Little Miss Jocelyn. So loads of belly laughs watching that, loads of belly laughs. And, and a, real, a real reminder of how much uh, classic comedy um, was made in, in the past and, and we, we don't, you know, it, it doesn't get spoken about enough. So, but at least now, now they kind of, for me personally, they've brought these names back to life for me. So I'll definitely be looking up the Fosters again and no problem. Those are, even Desmond, I think Desmond's actually back on TV at the moment as well. So it being Black History Month. So yeah, that's definitely um, something I'm going to do. But yeah, definitely check that out. That was on um, ITV, so you can catch that on repeat as well. And then also uh, Mo Gilligan's um, Black, British and Funny. So this was him hosting hosting the show. He is absolutely hilarious, man. I, I've got to salute this guy. 32-year-old, um, and he, he, he was basically paying homage to the black comedy circuit, which if you don't know about it, if you haven't been to any of the, the shows like at Hackney Empire and whatnot, you're not really going to know about it because you don't see much of the black comedy circuit on TV. But they're packing out, um, they're packing out uh, theatres, you know, obviously when the theatres were open, but they were packing them out, you know, week after week. Um, but one of, the, one of the poignant things that stuck, stuck out for me was in talking about, um, you know, there's like a, such a big gap, like a 15 to 20 year gap before they have, before you have a black a comedian on the TV and pretty much when you have that black comedian on the TV no other black comedians get a look in it's very different to the white comedians you know where you get a whole plethora of, of comedians but it's it's like it's literally one at a time and he went through he broke it down but basically he is the he is the in the past 20 years there hasn't been another black comedian with a primetime show for 20 years until now so if we go by that, he's going to have his window of opportunity and do what he does with it. And we're going to have to wait until 20, around 2041-ish before we get, before somebody else gets another look in. That definitely has to change. Definitely has to change. There's so many great comedians. You know, he played homage and, and spoke to Slim, Mr. C, Angie Lamar, Eddie Nesta, Eddie Caddy. Eddie Caddy is really funny. I mean, they're all funny, but Eddie Caddy... Admin Tears, um, Gina Yashere, Curtis Walker, all amazing. And, and there's loads more, loads, loads more. So um, yeah, definitely worth, worth checking out. And hats off to Mo Gilligan. So Lewis Hamilton done the business. You know, he's been trying to match, um, well, I don't think he's been trying, he's just been doing his thing, but he's matched, now matched Michael Schumacher's 
um, career best um, with 91 wins. And yeah, he did it. Um, he done it at the, um, the Eiffel Grand Prix um, last week. So he's equaled it. And obviously he's still in the business. So he's obviously going to surpass it. This man needs a knighthood, man. He needs a knighthood. I know some, some I've heard some conversations of, you know, um, as to why he hasn't got a knighthood yet or why some sections of the UK don't like him. You know, I think I'm hoping it's just really about the fact that he doesn't live in England too much. But at the end of the day, if you're making so much money, why wouldn't you live in a place where you don't have to pay so much tax on it? I, you know, I don't think that should be a reason for us not to hold him up high. At the end of the day, he's a British, he's a British racing driver. He's he's doing things that nobody's ever done before. Well, he's about to. Um, so we should hold him up high as that. Just that British racing driver extraordinaire. Give this man a knighthood. I asked for Rashford to get a knighthood on my podcast previously. They gave him the M MBE. At least they were listening. I didn't know the Queen was listening to us, but somebody was listening because they, they sorted him out. Please listen to this one. Give Lewis Hamilton, Hamilton a knighthood. He's doing the business for us in the UK. Excellent. So back to the reality that we're all living with this COVID situation. Uh, new thing they've, they've found out that they've, well, it's only one person they've spoken about him getting permanent hearing loss. A 45-year-old British man left with permanent hearing loss after developing COVID. Very sad. Um, hopefully this doesn't become a trend or, or a thing. Um, you know, things are bad enough with people having long COVID, etc. So, but it's the first case. I don't think they've, they've recorded another one. So hopefully it's just a one-off situation. We're all in this, this varying lockdown across the country. You know, it's, it's a bit like rolling the dice, depending on what city you're in as to what kind of lockdown we're, we're having. Um, I, I kind of feel like, you know, I feel like maybe what they're doing is they don't want... They know how bad it's going to be if people are locked down through Christmas and can't link up with their families and stuff. So I feel like they're doing what they need to do now so that they can kind of give us that birthday present of, you know, everybody can go and, you know, mix houses and whatnot. But at this point, they've got a tier system now. It's a, it's a bit like a, I don't know, a, a football league of, of COVID. You know, you've got tier one, tier two and tier three. Um, so, yeah, but... Basically, it's it's uh, it's a bit of a lottery depending on where you are in the country. And you know, the mayor of the mayor of Manchester, he's been really defiant. He's like, I'm not following these rules. It's going to mess up my city. You know, um, hats off to him for standing up to Boris. But I suppose you, you have to think about the bigger picture. And, and ultimately, it's possibly futile anyway because you know the government are in a position where they can just change the laws and they will just do whatever it is. They, they, they want to do and enforce it. So at this point, I suppose the mayor of Manchester can, can be defiant, but it will get to a stage if he's too defiant where they'll just put laws in place and everyone will have to adhere to that. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, this is a historical time. So you've got to say, I mean, if you're in a position like that where, where you can be heard like that and, you know, you're standing by your morals and your, your thoughts and beliefs, uh, you know, kudos to you, kudos to you. So we'll see how that all pans out. They've also spoken about um, having a uh, test to see if vitamin D protects against COVID. I've spoken about vitamin D a, a few times. Um, to me, it's, it's a bit of a no-brainer. Um, you know, is vitamin D going to protect you against COVID? I, I think on some level it, it, it must, on some level, because it builds your immune system. Vi um, 
COVID attacked your immune system. But that's just my opinion. You know, I'm not a scientist or anything. We'll, we'll, we'll keep a sharp eye on that and see how that goes. But, um, you know, so basically they've got the trial and the trial is going to be, they're going to give X amount of people a high, uh, a, a dose, a high dose over a period of time and then um, test test their, their levels beyond that. Um, but one of the things they did highlight, which, which I'm aware of, that um, although vitamin D supplements are very safe, um, taking more than the recommended amount um, every day can be dangerous in the long run. And a lot of people don't realise that. And, and what they do is they, they hear about vitamin D, um, they understand that, you know, especially if you're black, dark, you know, um, wear hijab all the time or, or whatever, but they hear about it and then they go and get the highest dose they can find. And, you know, and you're not going to actually feel the negative effects of it, but it does affect your internal organs. You know, there is a limit to, to everything. So, so like I've always said, um, the best way to do it, and I did this myself, get a blood test, find out what your levels are. If, the, if you're prescribed a high dose for a period of time, and it will only be for a period of time, like six to eight weeks, and then you'll be tested again, and then they'll bring you down to, once your levels are up, they'll bring you down to the dose you should be at. So that's actually the best way to do it. But taking, taking a normal dose at least, um, a recommended dose, dose at least daily is definitely advisable. I don't think any doctors would say not to do that. I think the only thing to watch out as well with vitamin D is some vitamin D... Uh, supplements have um, calcium in it as well. And if you're not low on calcium, you don't need the ones that have calcium in it as well. So like I said, I'm not a doctor. Speak to your GP um, or your nutritionist or whoever you have around you that can support you with that. Unfortunately, this week we have had a, um, a murder of a, of a young a young man, um, Shakur Hassan, 23-year-old from Hayes, um, was shot to death on the 13th of October. Um, they found a burnt-out car um, that they believe was was involved in in the situation. My thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family. Um, you know, uh, it's just a it's just a lot, man. It, you know, when whenever you whenever I hear about young people dying, it has so much so many ramifications. You know, obviously for the family, the extended family, the friends, but it's all of what this young person could have been in the world. You know, and this is this is why I speak about it. when I when I hear it happening. You know. I, I think it's it's worth speaking about, you know, because otherwise it's just another number. It's just, you know, an, another death. But actually, we need to put it in perspective. And maybe if we don't get desensitised to it, we, we'll think about, we'll more be thinking about ways that we can stop it, ways that we can have conversations with young people and try try to steer them away from from handling whatever beef, whatever disagreements they have with people in, in this way that is um, it's so final, you know. It's so final. It's you know, it's not a fight. It's it's like shot dead. That's the end of that. You know, um, at twenty three year old. So my heart my heart goes out to him and his family for sure. Uh, so across the pond, um, Amy Cooper. I think most people remember her. This was the white woman who made a racist um, false report against a beard a, a bird um, watcher in Central Park. Um, the man's name was Christian Cooper. The 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 woman who who made the false claim, the white woman's name's Amy Cooper. They're not related in any way, obviously. It's just ironically they've got the same surname. But um, she appeared in court on Wednesday for falsely reporting this incident. 
Um, and the, basically, um, it turns out that she made a second um, report that wasn't really spoken about at the time. I think at the time we, we had the viral video of Amy threatening him, basically, and, and, and you could see it, you know, you could see the, the facts of what was happening because Christian was recording it. Um, all of this, incidentally, all of this happened on the 25th of May, Memorial Day, the same day that George Floyd was murdered, um, which, is, which is ironic as well. Um, so since then, um, Amy Cooper's lost her job. Obviously, she's not a trustworthy person and, and somebody who has ill intentions, so her workplace have, have seen fit to let her go. Um, but, you know, when, when I hear about this, this story, when I think about it, it, re it brings me back to watching... Um, uh, the the story of the Central Park Five, that Netflix movie called When They See Us, because at the end of the day, you know, it's a it was happened in the same park, and you know, different circumstances, but obviously that park is is connected to that situation, and and everybody knows, you know, in America, the police have been quite trigger happy, you know, and if if you're a, a white woman and you're you're calling the police to a situation in Central Park and you're talking about there's a, a, what did she say? She said, there's a man, an African man, um, he has his bike, bicycle and helmet and he's recording me and threatening me with my dog. And basically, I mean, it's reported her tone, you know, her tone was, was, was of distress, you know, like, like she was really in danger. Um, and, then, and then she went on to say, I'm, I'm being threatened by a man in the ramble. I suppose that's what the place, the place is called. And then please come immediately. You know, um, and then in her second report, she was talking about he tried to assault her, you know, not realising that this man's recording you, recording the evidence. So obviously the video told the facts of it. So she's going to have to deal with the consequences of that. Um, but I'm just glad that he, this man had a video, etc., because, you know, it could have been another movie Netflix was making about his story, you know, um, or worse, you know, like I said, with the trigger happy situation. So yeah, this this racism stuff is um yeah it's just repugnant wherever it, wherever it raises its ugly head. Um, but talking about racism, uh, Disney um, has updated its content warning for racism for its classic movies. I think this happened since they've had this since last year. But um, basically, it has um, for the films like um, Dumbo, Peter Pan, books we grew you know films and books we grew up on, Jungle Book, um, a warning basically will f will flash up basically on these movies on the streaming platforms, Disney Plus, um, warning about the stereotypes. So one of the, one of the messages reads, um, this program includes negative depictions and or mis mistreatment of people or cultures. Um, and then the, it goes on to say, these stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. We, we, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact learn from it and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. Okay, so, you know, I mean, they're doing something. I'm not really for the getting rid of stuff, you know, um, you know, putting things in their right place and putting them in context. So I, re I get the uh, taking down statues and putting them in a the museum, you know, if they, if they represent that negativity. And yeah, I mean, this, this is a good thing. This, this highlights the, the negativity. Um, I, I haven't watched any of these these cartoons or, or programs since since this whole enlightening period we're having. So I'll, I'll watch them again with open eyes and, and see these these, these racist um, depictions. I mean, some of them are blatantly obvious, I suppose, if I, if I think back. Um, but some of them are a little bit more subtle, you know. Um, yeah. 
So that's going to be an interesting watch. So also um, Trump on the other side of the water as well. Um, he's uh, some Twitter accounts were being used um, falsely, um, pretending that they were from black Trump supporters. Uh, so basically, there um, there's a number Twitter Twitter suspended a number of fake accounts purporting to be owned by black supporters of of Trump. Um, they they basically said that the, these accounts are breaking the, the rules of spam and platform manipulation. So, yeah, um, very interesting. The, the lengths people are going to to, 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 get, to get Trump um, to stay in power. And, um, and, yeah, and kind of using black people as a little bit of leverage to kind of jones more black people to get involved with him. Or, it's just, yeah, it's all politics, man. Politics, as they say. You know, so we'll see how that pans out. I'm sure the the results come in in the, the next couple of weeks or so. But moving back over to this side of the pond in regards to racism, we had the story about Matt Simpson, the pure gym trainer, um, who made a real misstep, you know, talking about um, 12 years a slave, this new training regime that he's had. But he's, he's apologised wholeheartedly. He knows he messed up. He's got a lot of flack from it. My concern now is he's actually getting racial abuse. It's reported that he's getting racial abuse, you know, um, about him being black, etc., um, across all the platforms. And then, you know, hearing him, you know, kind of talking about it's, it's been heartbreaking for him and, you know, and he's sorry, and but he, now he's the victim of racism. So, you know, as much as it was dumb what he'd done, um, I, I don't want to see him. You know, I mean, I wouldn't want to see him being at the end of racism, you know, because this is a black man at the end of the day. This is this is somebody that's made a mistake 100 percent and he is having to deal with that. But I don't think he, sh he should become a victim, you know, of racism, you know, because at, at the end of the day, um, he's, he's he's a human being, you know, and no, nobody deserves that. So hopefully um, all of that gets dealt with sooner rather than later. But jumping back over to the other side of the pond, the um, uh, black man by the name of Donald Neely, 44-year-old, he was arrested for trespassing, uh, criminal trespassing in Texas um, a little while back. And basically, um, this the police felt fit to roll through the town on a horse with this man tied by a rope um, and walked through the city in 2020. I, you couldn't make this stuff up. Um, it, it sounds like a clip out of Django. It's, it's crazy. Um, I mean, obviously, as soon as this... And it was it was recorded. So as soon as it was recorded and it was made... Uh, the, the... What is it? Galv Galveston Police um, Station or organisation. As soon as they found out about the video, they apologised, etc. My thing is, how many times have they done that in Texas in recent times, um, and it not being recorded. You know, this seems to have come to light because it's been recorded, you know. Um, but um, they're going to, he's taken them to court, basically. Um, I think he's suing them for, I think it's just under a million or around a million. Um, and yeah, and since then as well, that, that trespass charge, he, it was dismissed in court. So it's, it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. But um yeah, I mean, for all of the negativity that we talk about, people have issues with the way things happen in the UK. Let me tell you, America, <laughs> there's parts of America that are just so behind and so 
entrenched in in in, in the bigoted and, and racist um, behavior and stuff. So, and 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 quite open with it and, and brazen with it, you know. Um, so yeah, uh, I hope that goes how it's supposed to go. So also, I watched a um, an interview with John Amici, who's a psychologist um, and consultant, former basketball player, based in the UK. Used to play for the NBA, basically. Um, and he was speaking about, um, I think he'd done a, a video, a short video for children explaining uh, what white privilege meant. And he, he basically said, um, it doesn't mean that you haven't faced hardship, but rather that you, have, you haven't faced hardship purely because of the colour of your skin, which is clear, concise and correct. However, it caused upset for some people. You know, go figure, go figure. You know, at the end of the day, he even went on to say um, that, that white privilege shouldn't be used as a weapon against white people, but rather that everyone should be educated, you know, which balances out his statement. But what he said initially is bang on point. People don't have to suffer hardship based on the colour of their skin. And, and white people won't have to suffer hardship because of the colour of their skin in the UK. Um, however, black people will have to stuff a hardship based on the colour of their skin. So it's just a fact. But I, did, I mean, what, what really stood out to me, though, as well, he, he spoke about his, his mum having to um, change his name to make him sound more Italian so he wouldn't be prejudiced um, before people meet him. So his working name is, is John Amici, so he sounds Italian. But actually, his real name is John... Well, his real name is Azuma Ekurugu. So... There you go. But he knows and his mum understood that if you go out in the world with that name, there's going to be people that see the name and they're going to deal with you um, from that bigoted standpoint. So she, she and, and how many people have had to do that? Many, 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 many people. Uh, many people. Most of my African friends, um, they have their African name, uh, but they, they, you know, they've got their English name. And it's for that exact reason. And the fact that we still have to do that sort of thing and and be mindful of all of that. It's just, it's just bizarre. But th these are the things that we have to deal with that um, other people actually don't ever have to deal with. So also in regards to school, so obviously it's Black History Month and we've spoken a lot about changing the curriculum and, and making it compulsory to, to, to teach Black history, Black British history, because it's all of our history, whether you're Black, White, Indian or whatever. Um, so a teacher, Black teacher, Josh... Um, Josh Prey Gary, who's a secondary teacher and the head of history in Southwest in a school in Southwest London, spoke about him, him basically pushing pushing the envelope out and and starting to get it in the curriculum. He spoke about decolonizing the curriculum, um, and he's he's basically teaching units on medieval um, African king, kingdoms and ex the Islamic civilizations also. I think it's, it's really important, man, and, and it's, it's really good that he's, you know, he's in a position to do, do that, being a history teacher, being a black man as well. Um, so he's making it happen. Um, and he said that he spoke about their planning to do units on Mansa Musa, um, the medieval African kingdoms, Islamic civilization, the migration to Britain, African Tudors, and, and a whole lot more. So that's going to be really, really good. And I just hope it can spread and you know and at some stage the people at the top that make the decisions in regards to the curriculum just make it you know make it a permanent fixture throughout the year because it will benefit everybody who's in the school everybody that's in the school the more we know the 
better informed we are and it will impact on how we deal with each other, you know. Um, he did highlight one of the issues um, being that the OCR courses for the teachers um, in regards to medieval African kingdoms don't still don't have an official textbook. And he said that it impacts on teachers' confidence in selecting the units to teach them. So that's a massive thing, you know. So, you know, that's, and that's something that can be addressed real quick, you know. That's something that they can do. They can get that, them textbooks done so the teachers can be confident in what they're teaching. So, yeah, keep, keep pushing forward with that, sir. Keep pushing forward with that, Josh. Josh Gary, keep going forward with that. I, I love to hear that. So one of the books I've been asked to recommend and, um, is the autobiography of Malcolm X um, by Malcolm X, a riveting book. You know, his, his story, he, he, he had so many layers to his life, you know, before his demise. Um, a very interesting story. Um, whether you agree with everything that's in it, that's, that's obviously subjective. But the story that of that human being and his journey and where he went to and where he ended up and all in between is a fascinating story. And if you haven't seen any of the films in regards to Malcolm X, I'd definitely check those out as well. But yeah, his autobiography is definitely a good book to get hold of and have a read. In regards to a bit of research, if you want to get a bit more facts on, on some things, um, you 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 something you can look into is the ancient ancient Nubians. That is an interest, a whole interesting um, time uh, um, that, that, again, it just feeds into the history of us as human beings, you know, it's, it's a significant part of, of us being human beings. So um, just as everything else is, you know, Alexander the Great, um, all of these other things, you know, Ming Dynasty, um, you know, all of this, all of, you know, the Greek side of things and all of that, it's all important, you know. So, yeah, checking out the ancient Nubians. Um, very interesting topic. So, as I, as I always say, um, you know, we're in these these interesting times, but there are countless new opportunities that didn't exist last year. Seek them out. Seek them out. They're there, you know, and if you don't seek them out, somebody else is going to seek them out. So, thank you again for choosing Pablo's podcast today, and hopefully you can join me on the next one. Until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.